Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at CardboardToHeadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. It's time for another episode of Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job. We have a special one today as a lot of the focus is on mental and physical health and wellness. Podcast producer and yoga instructor Emma Kittle joins me to talk about her journey to yoga and the origin of the Hidden Pearls podcast. Emma discusses the importance of building on your strengths, having intention when creating, working with her family, and the various ways each member inspires her. This podcast has incredible advice, a lot of laughs, and an emphasis on loving who you are. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. I am super excited about this. So am I. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I mean, so many awesome things for us to talk about. So let's jump right in. I'd love to start with yoga because I'm kind of a fitness fanatic and I find yoga to be very helpful at certain times. So I'd kind of love to start with your journey there. And I know you've talked about it as something you discovered after your college volleyball career. So I just kind of wanted to know the origin and then what it really started to do for you both physically and mentally. For sure. So uh, I was a college athlete, so I played volleyball um, at the University of Iowa for one year, and then I ended up transferring to the University of Oklahoma. Um, and I had absolutely no conception of yoga or stretching or anything. And I was that person who was like, oh, I'm way too stiff. Like, I can't do yoga. Like, I'm too <laughs> which is my biggest pet peeve as, as a teacher now. So of course, there. yeah, absolutely. Um but I actually, I finished playing and then I was uh, getting ready for my capstone. So I ended up, I studied journalism mm-hmm. at OU and I had to write this like 15 page paper and I was super stressed out about it. And so I started doing yoga every morning and I literally just found this 15 minute video, kind of started doing it. Um, but what really pushed me into like having a serious practice was uh, after I graduated, I was um, studying for my LSAT. And so my dad went to law school at Iowa. Um, I have some other lawyers in my family and I was very, very lost about what I was going to do. And so I, my dad just said he always, he learned so many critical thinking and writing and communication skills from law school. Um, so he's like, I think you would just love it and whatever. And so <laughs> I started studying for it and I did not love it. Um, <laughs> so stressed out. And I really, that was really the first time that I think I started to like give myself anxiety or actually be able to put words to being so stressed out. So that's when I started really um, exploring yoga and go, I, that's when I went to a, a studio for the first time. And so um, it was actually the day that I went to take my LSAT. Um, it was like the day before, like a couple days before I had met the owner of a studio who actually ended up being our neighbor no such things as coincidences. I totally believe in that. Mm-hmm, um, me too. And yeah. And she, um, she was like, Emma, I think you should sign up for our yoga teacher training. I think you would really love it and everything. And I went back and kind of talked to my family about it. 
you know, because going from studying law to studying yoga is a pretty serious jump. Um, but they were super supportive and super excited about it. And so I took my LSAT this morning, that morning, and then I went straight to the yoga teacher training and never looked back. So I, <laughs> so I want to unpack just something. It's a word I use on this podcast a lot. And I don't know why I always say it, but I want to unpack something you said, because you talked about how you didn't love it. And that was like, you were so focused and that's what you're going to do. Were you able, was there any anxiety in the idea of switching or was it something you're like, this really isn't meant for me and I know this other thing is? No, not at all. I mean, the thing, I feel like there have been like a couple moments in my life in like big fork decisions where you kind of, you know, because sometimes you'd kind of dabble back and forth and you have to really weigh it out. And I've had a lot of those moments too, but this was something where it was like, in my gut, like in my core, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was so happy. I was so excited. And I just loved it, like the entire experience. So I, I mean, that's how I knew that I, I mean, the, it was so easy for me to be like, nope, I'm, I'm good without, I'm, I'm good without studying law. Um, <laughs> I was on the right path. How important do you think the mental benefits of yoga are for athletes at all levels? Excellent question. Um, Honestly, I think they're endless. And I think the great thing about yoga is that you really discover it in different layers. And so, um, you know, as an athlete, you're so connected to your body. I mean, it's literally everything you do. It's your vehicle. It's how you compete. It's, you know, eventually how you make money and how you live your life. Um, And so I think the cool thing about yoga was like, as an athlete, I came into the practice at the physical level, um, you know, and if you haven't been doing yoga, I think you're going to listen to that and be like, well, yeah, no kidding. It's you're literally like breathing and standing up and stretching and all these things. But like once you start to unlock your physical body, that's when the real mental and emotional change started happening for me. So like mm-hmm. after I started, after I stopped playing volleyball, I was so stiff. And so my body was not the body that I am in today. And, um, it was honestly like painful to be in because I was so tight and I was dealing with these nagging injuries. Um, And so I had to work through all those levels of trauma and scar tissue and everything to get to that place where I could actually relax and be in a comfortable yoga position or enjoy a comfortable yoga practice. And not that everything's comfortable and still, but um, to get to a point where I actually could get out of my head and I could look, get past the voices that were saying like, this is hurt. Like this hurts. This sucks. Like I hate yoga. I mean, I think, I think that I hate yoga for the first six months of doing it because like I knew it was so good for me and mentally I felt good afterwards, but um, it took a long time for me to get there. And really the cool thing about yoga for me was I am such a mental person and I think so fast and I talk so fast, which I'm probably doing right now. But um yoga helps me to slow down and really quiet all those extra thoughts and all those extra things that are going and moving through my head. And I think that as an athlete, we are so conditioned to just go, 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 go. And we start to burn the, um, kind of burn the candle at both ends. And yoga is a really healthy and safe and easy and free and accessible tool, um, that you can have in your tool belt to, really restore yourself and kind of fill that cup back up so that you're not running on empty all the time. And I mean, like I said, there are so many different layers to yoga. So it just kind of depends at like what point you're at and wherever you are. But like even, you know, even thinking about George, like his Mm -hmm. whole thing is, you know, and he's gone through, 
he was my first yoga student. So George, George got the brunt of it from the very early stages. Um, but his whole mental dynamic now is into an alter ego state where he'll, you can see him do it in the games. Like in this last game against the Rams, he's going to line up and he's slapping his wrist. He's slapping his Joker tattoo so he can activate and really get into that mode. And so for George, it's like this whole other mental component that you step into. And obviously that's like a super advanced and different practice, but it's still something that you can do at any moment. And so, so yeah, I mean, I think, the mental benefits for yoga for athletes are even higher than the physical. Well, it's hard to say that because, you know, but they're, I think they're very, very equal and that you can go as deep as you want to with that. That's awesome. And that's a, a great anecdote about George because amazing like in a game with so many different things going on under normal circumstances, you would have fans being loud and so many things going on. And to be able to have that tool to refocus yourself is it's incredible. Yeah. And he's a master of it. It's, it's incredible. And I think one of the, the reasons that we always emphasized yoga so much was because if you can, if you can control your breath and control where your mind is in a safe situation, like that's how you're going to learn how to do it in and like flip the switch in a really high pressure situation. Cause there's no way, no matter what level you're at where you can just say, okay, I'm just going to start training so that I know exactly what it looks like when I am in Levi's stadium, standing there, you know, pretending that there's actually fans this time, but Mm -hmm. you can prepare for that. And so, you have to find different ways of mental training to prepare for that um, before it even comes into your like into your world. Speaking of your brother George, could you talk about the work you guys did with Nike around yoga, and then what it was like to get to work with your brother on that? Yes, so Nike was, uh, I guess, still is <laughs> the mm-hmm. biggest brand I've ever worked with, besides the brand of George Kittle himself. <laughs> George the brand. Yes. Um, but it was great. I mean, the Nike team has been so incredible to us as a family. Like ever since George started working with Nike, uh, they were just so inclusive and so excited to work with him and brought us along for the whole entire journey. So, you know, cause really looking at and saying something like, like I just, Nike yoga classes that still is blowing my mind but on the other hand it just felt so natural and easy and like so comfortable stepping in because I feel like we know people on the Nike team in like a very intimate and close way Mm -hmm. and so that made me really comfortable which um it's funny because I (laughs) when we filmed um I just got there and I was so comfortable and I was so excited and I was like so hyped up that all of, I think everything, the two longer classes we did, we did it in the first take. And then um, the stair crabs one, we did a couple different takes, like just cause the sun was in my eyes and I was doing ridiculous stuff, but um, it was so much fun. Uh, I had such a great time working with them and George makes me feel so comfortable and funny to go back and cause I know that we kind of like tease each other um, in the way we talk normally, but to go back and watch it on the screen and I call him like 10 different nicknames during our classes. <laughs> I didn't really realize until now. Um, but it was super great and really exciting. And I'm so happy that a company as big as Nike is putting such an emphasis on yoga and mental health and taking care of your body in that way. 
So before we switch gears to the podcast, what would you say is the toughest yoga position that you've mastered to date? Ooh, excellent question. Mm. Ooh, that's hard. I think because every, I mean, every pose brings up its different challenges. Um, honestly, it would just be sitting still mm-hmm. like that. I'm really proud at how long I can sit still now. I used to not be able to, or rock pose is a good one too. So either, so when I'm sitting down to meditate, I'll either sit with my legs crossed um, or I'll sit uh, kneeling. So, you know, just hips to heels. And I used to not be able to do that. To do that. And I can just sit and be comfortable in that pose now, which I think for anybody is a really great place to start. Uh, so I would say for me, the harder pose, the hard part of yoga is the stillness aspect of it. Like the power flows, I that's my jam and I can do that. And those are very fun for me. But the classes that I get the most out of are the ones like the restorative or the yin practices. I actually have to sit and be still. So I'm pretty proud about that. That's awesome. That's and I think that's hard for a lot of people. So that's that's definitely something to be very proud of. Absolutely. So switching gears to the Hidden Pearls podcast, it's something you recently started, and it's something you're doing with your family. So I would love to know kind of the origin of that, what you're hoping people get out of it, and why you wanted to start it. Yeah. So the Hidden Pearls podcast was never meant to actually be a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the idea behind it is so. Um, the business, so my dad and I have a business called Thunderbird Performance, and we actually launched this over quarantine. And so what we do is, um, so our goal is to help athletes in every holistic way that we can. And so my dad has um, developed a program, it's an eight-step program, and it's called the Mindful Athlete Performance. And so we call it MAP. Um, and so he does the mental training, um, the mental coaching for athletes. And so right now we primarily work with NFL athletes. So um, obviously George has been (laughs) like helped us through and developing all this. Um, But so all of the alter ego work, all of the, you know, the resetting or the positive affirmations, like Bruce and George have come up with that and developed that in a way. And then I do the, um, the yoga and the mantras and the meditation piece. And so um, when George started to, when we realized that George was going to sign a very exciting contract this year, uh, we really were starting to think about, okay, so how, because obviously there are so many issues going on in our world right now outside of football. And it just felt very surface level of us to ignore that and to not address it and to not, um, do our part in changing it and helping in some way. And so our goal was to, um, what we wanted to do before COVID was to get a van and we were going to drive around, well, I guess, so I guess there's a bit of a podcast aspect, but what we were going to do is drive around and interview. Um, we wanted to stay within the tight end family because national tight end day. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to go to all the cities. So follow the team and interview the um, tight end and 
work with some organization, so whether that they're in or whether they've been a part of or an organization that they've started, make a donation and then somehow get connected with um, like a, a local yoga studio or the team or some facility and offer a yoga for athletes class where we kind of introduce like the work that we do and um, just share it with other people. And so get it out that way and then talk to the kind of interview um, the tight ends and talk about how they're giving back and just raise awareness and kind of put that out there. So then COVID hit um, and we had to figure out a way to do that virtually. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we're going to the places, but what we decided to do was start a podcast called Hidden Pearls. Um, Bruce came up with that name, but uh, the mission of Hidden Pearls is to share the untold stories of the people and communities impacted by social and environmental injustice. Um, and so our goal with that, we just feel like there are so many stories of people who have either gone through serious struggles or um, who are overcoming it or who are dedicating their life to fighting and to changing these systemic and environmental issues that we're all going through right now. And so we wanted to give people a platform. And obviously, um, you know, George has a massive platform and we felt like there had to be some way to leverage that into giving back and raising awareness on the things that are going on. And I think that one of the super cool things um, about our podcast and what we do is I feel like we try to be very raw and Mm -hmm. talk about real systemic issues because, you know, instead of kind of just dancing around issues, I think our goal with the podcast is to go really deep and cut to the issues of what's going on with people. So obviously there's a ton of racial injustice going on right now. And our goal is to kind of bring it up or touch on it in almost what we have in almost every episode. And I think that the only way that we're really going to cause, or we're really going to like inspire change or create change is to actually have these conversations and make light uh, or shed light on what is going on in the world and making that available to everybody. That's fantastic. And, and I want to just take a second to say that your family is pretty incredible in that way. Uh, and I think it really is like giving back is such an important part of you guys. And you can just tell it's just who you guys are, who the Kittles are and how the Kittles have always been. And so I really commend you guys for also taking um, the platform that you guys have it and doing such good with it. So there's my little praise so love part of the podcast, but I think it's important. And I think it's important to highlight because not everybody does it. And there are a number of people with platforms who can do this type of thing. So I think it's inspiring for people to also see what's possible and see what they can do. So thank you so much. What do you feel like the benefits are of being able to do this podcast with your family? Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Um, my favorite part is that, and like, honestly, my favorite part about our family is how good we are at communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. Hi, Emma. I'm sorry, George distracted me. That's all right. We love a cameo. Um, I love him. Okay. So, uh, but my favorite thing about doing this with my family is the I just love how good we are at communicating with each other. And I think that since we can communicate with each other, we really are good at holding space and communicating um, with other people. And like, if y'all haven't listened to the podcast, uh, Bruce is so great. Mm -hmm. He's so good 
uh, like just his history and his knowledge. And I mean, he's, he's truly like one of the wisest people I have ever met in my entire life. And the way that he connects and navigates these interviews and finds people is so incredible. Um, but it's just, it's been fun because this podcast, I feel like is an entire accumulation like of our family and what we're about. And so, you know, obviously we have George and the football piece in the beginning. Um, we always call that the candy. So <laughs> we listen to the real issues. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> so George is the resident, but he's, he's a good piece of candy. Um, but it's just, we're able to touch on all the things that are so important to us. And there's an aspect of all five of us in this podcast. And so I just, it's really special. And I mean, I laugh, I literally laugh and cry every single episode. And then I laugh and cry all week editing it. So I, I just love it. And I'm so proud of what we're making. Who have been the people that have inspired you? You obviously just talked about your dad, who is an incredibly inspiring, inspiring human being. Uh, but who are some of the other people that have inspired you in your life? Definitely my family. Um, and each of them, each of them inspires me in such different ways. Um, so obviously Bruce is just his wisdom and how he absorbs and he's so curious and excited about life and is like unafraid of everything. Like Bruce has made so many career changes to like chase and follow his dream, which is ever evolving. And the way that he's done that with such grace and intensity and compassion and like compassion for himself too, like never being afraid to start over and to, um, and to ask questions. And he's just, he's always a student. And it, in that piece, it really has inspired me. Like if I'm curious about something, just go after it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, go after it, study it. Thankfully there's the internet now. So mm -hmm. I learned so many things through the, like I learned how to do an entire podcast um, by watching YouTube videos. And there were a couple of my friends who like I reached out to help us out too, but the majority of it was YouTube videos. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> shout out YouTube. And then definitely my mom. She is the sweetest. She's so kind. I just, her kindness is unbelievable. And the way that she is so relatable and so sweet to other people. Um, and she just takes care of us. So love Jan. Um, and then George, who is, George is just fiercely himself all the time and is so unapologetic. And he's so, and I think the other really cool thing about George is he's so focused on his dreams and his life. Um, but he still does such a great job integrating us into it and being such a good husband and dad and such a good friend. Um, but he's just like fiercely himself all the time. And that's incredible. You're never, you're like not around a ton of people who are like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Claire, sweet Claire, um, Claire is, uh, she is the visionary of our family. Like her dreams and the way that she sees things is it's, like, I'm a big dreamer too, but hers are just, it's like in a different realm than mine. Like she just blows my mind all the time. And I always say, um, like from a yoga perspective, from a yoga perspective, uh, Claire is like the ultimate manifester from like manifesting like this dream life with George and manifesting this house and manifesting all these things. And like, she just continues to level up every single time. And so she just always helps me to like stay like, 
keep your eyes locked on exactly what you want and don't settle for anything less. So definitely, um, definitely my family. That's uh, in, in terms of the manifesting, because I think that's something a lot of people find really interesting. Is that, do you think that is why she's so good at it? The idea of the keep your eyes locked and, and don't settle? Oh yeah. And she just, like anything else that comes in, she just has such her blinders on, like this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And um, yeah, I think she, She's like the ultimate manifester. I always say that about her all the time. It's incredible. That's awesome. That is awesome. So we're going to get to the criticism part of the podcast. I will not criticize you, but I always ask our guests, what is a criticism that you received early on? It could be in your career. It could have been something a teacher said to you at some point. It could have been something from your parents. It could be really from anybody that while it was tough to take at the time, really helped to shape uh, the future of who you are. Yeah. So this was a hard one for me because I feel like even growing up, I could take criticism as like, I could take it and I could absorb what people are saying and it would roll off of me. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm kind of spinning your question a little That's bit, okay. but the thing that was really hard for me to, uh, I guess, implement, like accept and then implement into my life was trusting my gut and listening to and trusting those, like trusting my instincts. Um, because like I said, my mom is such a lover. Bruce is like so compassionate, loves everybody, like all the things. And so we were just raised to be like so kind and accepting and so open all the time. And um, that has burned me so many times and like not trusting my gut on like the situation isn't best for me or this person isn't best for me or like maybe this person actually doesn't have my best interest in mind and so um I think I would say like listening to my gut because it means that you can't look away from things that are wrong or aren't serving you mm-hmm. and that you have to deal with them and move through them and so thinking about like you have to know when people in your life don't get to be there anymore and then having the courage to actually face it um so really trusting your gut and then acting on it swiftly and not swiftly and unapolog- unapologetically. And I think I just want to highlight what you said there for a second, because I think that is incredibly important that sometimes people's place in your lives do run its course and it's okay to say that you don't have to feel bad. It's okay to know that it's okay to trust your instincts on that. I just think that's a really important thing for personal life, for business life, for everything. So I, I just am very glad that you brought that up and I want it to be something our listeners really take to heart. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, it was funny because this question, uh, I was really like, this one was the one that stumped me a lot because, um, and so I was talking to Claire about it and we were talking about, I feel like the other thing that kept coming up for me was like in relationships Mm -hmm. and like, if you're with a partner who can't handle your energy or handle your dreams, your life, Like I have been told to like tone it down or I need to relax or I need to not get so excited about things or not go after things so fiercely so many times or like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just, I've been told to tone it down so many times. And obviously that's why I'm still single. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I trusted my gut and cut those people out of my life. But um, yeah, I think when somebody tells you to tone it down, I think that's like the worst thing that we can ever do to somebody because like, uh, I read this, I read this meme on Instagram the other day, but like the worst type of people are when, um, somebody's super excited about it and 
you like make fun of them for being so excited about something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, I don't know, that just kept coming up for me because I have had those people in my life so many times. And I feel like now that I've like, I feel like trusting your gut and your intuition is like a muscle. And so the harder you can, like the more you use it, the more you work it and the stronger it gets, the stronger and more efficient it gets. It's just like playing a sport. And so, you know, the more that I have flexed my intuition muscle, Mm -hmm. the faster and more efficient I am at like cutting people out who I just, you know, who I don't get a good vibe from. And so that's, that's helped me to really define my circle and like set healthy boundaries in my life. So and that's, it's important. It is important. And, and I'm someone like you, I get really excited about things and I'm really passionate about things. And there have been people who have said that and it, it used to be really hurtful and it used to make me think, wait, maybe there's something like, maybe I shouldn't be so excited. Maybe I shouldn't get so hyped up about stuff. And then I realized like, that's who I am and that's okay. And if you can't take it, that's fine, but you shouldn't. Exactly. And then that's your issue. It brings up something in the other person. And so- Sure. That's the thing to to keep in mind. Oh, yeah. um, game day, I like I love when you skip around. It's so great. I'm sorry. What did you say? It's, I said like game day. Like I love how hype you get and how excited you are, and it's it's so fun. Well, thank you, Emma. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's just that's it's who I am, and and that's okay. But I've had people, many people throughout my life, even when I was little, you know, tell me, "Yeah, you gotta." calm down. Never my parents ever, but you know, other people, oh, you should calm down or you're too excited. Or the one I used to get a lot as a teenager is a girl shouldn't care that much about sports. Um, and you know, that's something again, never from my parents. They've always been amazing and super supportive, but you get these things from society. And I think it's stuff that it's hard to let go of. And it does take a certain amount of maturity. It, te- it takes pra- working that muscle. Like when you said you flex your intuition muscle, that muscle I think takes a lot of work, as much work as any of our other muscles. And realizing that that's about them and not about you. And you can be you, You're not hurting anybody. And um, sure. that's important. Especially like an entrepreneur, like your job is literally to create your own career. career. Mm-hmm. And some people are just built differently and don't want that. And that's fine. You know what I mean? Like that's totally fine. But I think it's like, you don't, I mean, I'm sure there are some people who do this, but like, <laughs> like you don't really viewers going around being like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to live that way? But other people feel so comfortable looking at you and telling you that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing my dad always reminds me of is that uh, the people who do not are so much quicker to judge and to hate on the people that do. So. He is correct. And that's totally where that comes from. Uh, I was going to ask you who your biggest mentor has been. Uh, Maybe it is a member of your family. Maybe, maybe it's not. And it's okay. Whoever it is, obviously, of course it is. (laughs) But um, who has been your biggest mentor? Okay. Let's say biggest mentor outside of my family. Okay. That's fair. All right. Let's go with the biggest mentor outside of your family. Okay. Biggest mentor outside of my family is definitely... Definitely. Um, Maureen Mondanero. She is, I, she was the woman earlier I mentioned in our story who, um, was my first teacher, my first yoga teacher. Um, but she, yeah, she's just incredible. She's the woman who encouraged me to come to teacher training and has given me so many life lessons, has like sent me books, has still, even though I'm not in Iowa City anymore, has been such a, a mentor and a guide for me. Like, through relationships, through business, through just everything. Like I attribute so much of 
um, so much of like the thoughts and the dreams and the visions that I have to her and to stepping into my life. Cause she was the first person I feel like, okay, so I'm going to get a little spiritual, but um, Love it. <laughs> I feel like when you're right on the cusp of a really big transformation and you like, you can feel it, but you haven't had that kind of level up situation yet. Mm-hmm. Like grasping for anything like you're reaching you're pulling you're kind of trying to find something to hang on to and thankfully like for me that was marine and so when she kind of threw me that lifeline and i like still gives me chills to think about but we're walking around having coffee and she's like we like got our coffee to go we always had walking dates and um and she she's the first person to say emma there are no such things as coincidences and she just said it was so much conviction and Still to this day, it's like I was just ready to hear something and ready to open up and ready to trust her and like getting pulled, letting myself get, sorry, letting myself be pulled into this realm of like personal growth and spirituality and trusting myself and leveling up was the hardest thing I've ever done, but the best thing that I've ever done because it removed all these blocks and all these doubts and all these things for my life because she taught me how to take complete and full responsibility of everything that was going on in my life. And she would say that to us all the time during the teacher training, like, what are you doing to create this situation? How are you, like, how are you manifesting this? Because if you can claim it and you can own that situation, then you can claim and you can own all of your power instead of giving it away to other people. And so just having her step in as a mentor and then still to like, I text her all the time. I was texting her during the game the other night and like just during everything. And so um, as a, as a young woman, um, when I first met her, I was, I want to say I was like 22 or 23. Um, but I did not know how to ask for help and I did not know how to, um, like open myself up to mentorship in that way. And she just came in like right at the perfect time and was so patient with me and so loving and so graceful, but also just so radical with all of her ideas and her beliefs. So if you ever go to Iowa City, you have to go to Marine Montanero's yoga class because it will change your life. A hundred percent. If I'm ever at Iowa City, I am for sure doing that. I may, I, love I, may so much. I may text you and be like, can you send me that name and address again? Um, but I will a hundred percent be doing that. So, you know, I was going to ask you if you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? But I think I'm going to change the question a little bit um, and you can answer both of them. But you just said something that I think is super important. You said you didn't know how to ask for help. So I want to change the question a little bit. If you could live, give our listeners a piece of advice of knowing how to ask for help in your professional life, what would it be? Did that make sense? Um, you mean like knowing, like knowing that when? it's okay to ask for help, knowing oh. how, being comfortable saying I don't know everything. Um, you talk, and it doesn't actually even have to necessarily be in their professional life, but I did get something that's hard for people generally, especially in today's day and age when everything is so fast paced and it feels like there's so much competition out there. You know the importance of of learning how to ask for help and knowing that that's okay. Oh, for sure. Okay, so I want to start this by saying first. Uh, 
have your own meditation practice because that mindfulness aware, like that mindful awareness, um, that's how you're going to know to trust your gut. And I think if you know that, then coming in and seeing something like, let's use the podcast for example, like the technical part or like what equipment do we need? All these things like I can go through and like dig and look up and find and research things. But I, <laughs> I'm such an efficiency person where I'm like, what's the fastest way to get this done? What's the fastest way to figure it out? And I know that there are people who know more than me. And I've just always felt so comfortable in saying like, hey, like, what would you do? What would you recommend? Because that gets me to my goal the fastest. Um, I think where you have to be careful is uh, because this used to be me. I used to be the type of person who would just ask for help all the time. Um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And kind of like give away my power in that sense. Like I just, I remember I learned this in college because I would always ask for other people to like help me get started or help me do this. And, um, and then it would turn into something that I didn't want it to turn, turn into. Like it would be like a project or, you know what mm -hmm, I mean? Like mm -hmm. a lot of like videography and it, my, like, it just wasn't turning out with my vision because I wasn't starting with my vision. I was starting with somebody else's. And so that from an early on, like from a creative perspective, like always start with your own vision. Like you can be inspired by other people, but have an intention of what you want to create. But then like, I mean, I was just, I don't know. I've just been never afraid to ask questions because the most annoying thing, and like, this is going back to communication, but like the most annoying thing to me is when I could have just asked a question and I didn't, or like there's this left that energy between me and another person or between me and like a client or like a business relationship. Like I just, I can't do that anymore because the energy of not knowing is so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also just, I've heard so many stories. Like I love listening to podcasts. I love any like audiobooks and things. And I think the thing that always comes back to me is that there comes, there's going to come a time like in every single story where you have to ask for help. I mean, even take it back to like Joseph Campbell and like the power of myth, like the whole hero's journey, like you have to have a guide on your journey. And I think that if, you know, even from a, like a philosophical viewpoint, like there's going to be a time where we all need a guide and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Mm -hmm. I just, for me, like straight up it's efficiency. And I, I know that the fastest way to get to where I want to be is to asking for help. Now, do I always take that advice? No. And that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that has bit me in the, the, that is, I don't know if I can swear. That's bit me in the butt um, a few times. But, um, you know, you can swear. it's just a process. Like, that's, like, the process of maturing and stepping into, like, your power and who you want to be. Because I just, the people who, I feel like people who don't ask questions are super stubborn. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of ego involved in that. And so if you can set your ego aside and look at what your strengths are and look at what your weaknesses are. Like you don't have to build your weaknesses up to be as good as your strengths are. Like my thing is always like build on your strengths and then find somebody who can help get through your weaknesses. You know what I mean? Like find somebody who can fill that void and do that. And so if that's like asking a question or setting something up, like, you know, drop the ego and get help. 
Well, I think that they say, I don't know who they is, but I think that they say that the most successful people are those who know their strengths and surround themselves with people that make up for their weaknesses. And I th- exactly. and that is, I believe, 100% true. Uh, yeah. So before we get to, of course, my favorite part, five fun facts, which is a surprise to no one, uh, I was wondering if you could first take us through a day in the life of Emma Kittle. Okay, so day in the life of Emma Kittle is I usually wake up between six and seven, um, and I have it's about an hour long kind of practice, I would say. Um, I always do. Uh, I have a meditation practice, and so it's a mental one where like I actually sit. Um, but then there's also a piece where I'm stretching and kind of open and like opening up my body. So I think I call that like my primer. Okay. So I'm pretty regimented on that because if I don't set myself up first thing in the morning, I just feel off the rest of the day. Like I don't feel as focused or as centered or as like laser, like I'm just kind of like a ping pong ball the rest of the day. So definitely have to get up and do my practice. Um, and then I, uh, I'll have like something small to eat. And then I'm usually an oatmeal person, um, an oatmeal girl. So I'll have like oatmeal and then I take my dog for a really long walk. Um, and depending on if I'm in California or in Nashville, um, either like my mom will come with me or like Claire's in California. So that's always fun. Um, but otherwise I love listening to music. Music is a huge part of my life. And so I'll like put on some tunes and, um, my dog does not love to run as much as I do. Okay. So <laughs> walk runs. Um, but then I'll come back and then I go to our gym. And so in Nashville, that's actually my garage. Uh, super perk of quarantine was that George built out our garage and it is the bomb. It's so good. <laughs> well, that's fine. So, oh my gosh. So fun for sure. Um, so then I work out, uh, I could work out all day. So Me I have to, set a timer. <laughs> yeah, I have to set a timer for myself, um, but usually get after it pretty good. And then um, definitely stretch because have to stretch. Uh, and then I go in and I eat, I'll have a smoothie. And then honestly, like that takes up, um, I probably do that for like four hours. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I just myself space and then I feel like my best work time is from like noon to six Mm -hmm. and so I rank out um so I'll do all of our editing all of our social media all of our promotional pieces all um so I'm kind of like I'm the producer side of Hidden Pearls podcast Bruce does all the community outreach and everything but then I do all of our social media um and all of our graphics and all of our artwork. And then I edit all the podcasts. And so a lot of times I'm editing either that week's episode, because we usually film the week of, um, and then rendering it or we're editing, you know, other pieces, other coming up pieces. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another part of my day that I, I swear by is after my workout, when um, I usually have a smoothie right after I work mm-hmm. out and I go and I slide and I, it's my sunbathing. And that's when I'll listen to, um, I try to be outside for at least 30 minutes, an hour more, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, but if I'll sit outside and I'll listen to an audiobook and I'll eat and then like I can stretch out there or I'll just like 
chill with my dog, but that kind of hour helps me to, I feel like absorb all of the physical and like the personal work that I like to do in the morning Mm -hmm. and then clear space for all of the actual like work work that I'm doing in the afternoon. So all the stuff on the computer and everything else that I'm doing. Um, I love to cook. So I'm like always cooking throughout the day. Um, big salad girl. And then I'll make dinner and our family, like we're always together. So I'll cook for them. And then, yeah, I'm not really a TV person, but I've started watching Ted Lasso. Have you ever seen that? I have not, but I heard it's really good. Uh, you're like the second or third person who's recommended it like in a week. So I think I need to start yeah. watching it. Garrett, Garrett Selleck was actually the one who told us about it. Um, after I had the Pearls podcast episode. Okay. And oh my God, there are some, I'm like, I was laughing so hard. So, and I'm, it takes a really good episode to get me there. So I was, I was laughing pretty hard at it. Okay. I'll definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, and you said something in, in your day in the life that I also wanted to highlight again, knowing where those hours where you're most productive. And of course, not everybody has that ability. There are certain jobs where you've got to be there from nine to five or et cetera, et cetera. But if you have a little flexibility, I think it is important to know where you're most productive and even in an office, or if you have strict hours, I think it's good to know those times where you focus best. Yeah, absolutely. And also like, um, I just know, like I work better when I can just sit down and like crank out six hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but like for me, like, yeah, I, I can't take breaks and then come back to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? So like I'm sitting down and I'm going straight through and then I'll stop because I just, I'm so much more productive and then I just get in the flow and yeah, I, I like working that way, but you know, everybody's different and everybody has different schedules. So it is time for five fun facts. Before we get to it, uh, I actually did this with your, well, I do it with the Fort Irish players. But I did this with your brother when he was a rookie. And I just recently reposted when he signed the contract. And the first, I believe the first fun fact was that his favorite restaurant is Panda Express. And it just really, mm-hmm. because I was like, like little did we all know that that was going to become a thing. <laughs> And it was just so funny. I was like, talk about manifesting, right? Absolutely, like one hundred percent. So uh, I was just thinking that that was very funny. And then later that year, he did one where he interviewed Trent Taylor for Five Fun Facts, which is also pretty funny too. I think we might need to redo one of those, an updated version. Uh, but first and foremost, let's get to yours. So without further ado, we have Five Fun Facts with Emma Kittle. All right, Emma, what is your favorite moment in sports? Sand volleyball tournaments. Ooh, all right. I like it. We, uh, are these rapid fire or do you want me to talk you about them? You can talk about them. So um, obviously, like I had some great sport memories. Um, we, uh, I went to the Sweet 16 in college and that was epic with Oklahoma. Um, but I just have this memory of – so my family my mom's family is from a very small town in southeastern iowa and we showed up it was like i think it was fourth of july weekend and um my mom is one of 10 girls so we have wow yeah one of 10 girls she's huge or it's huge um (laughs) mom is not huge (laughs) but she's very lean Uh, (laughs) but uh so all of, a lot of our cousins were like, let's sign up for the sand volleyball tournament. So I was like, we were like, yes, we have to do this. So um, me, George, Claire, and then uh, 
my man at the time, uh, we signed up to, well, let's just say me, Claire, George, and a friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we up to play and we were on a team and we we were named lucky which is my grandma's name um and it was hilarious because the whole time she was sitting there cheering and we went in and like swept everybody and it was a fire it was for a fire station and everyone was like who the hell are these people like why are you guys even here you don't even go here and we came in and just house and then there's um you know anything about iowa there's a gas station called casey's and they have the best pizza um, and so, and then afterwards we celebrated with a uh, giant Casey's pizza and we were like covered in sand and super gross, but that's, I love those memories. That sounds fun. That sounds really fun. That's, I love that memory for you. That's, that's super fun. <laughs> what is your life motto? Ooh, I'm going to steal this one from my grandma. Go for it. Grandma. She's 97. Wow. Um, this one is take your good times with you. Oh, I love that. It's so good. It's so good. It's bring the energy. Just be happy and, you know. I love yeah. that. That's so good. Um, well, I was going to ask your go-to workout, and it might be yoga, but it might be something else. So what is it? <laughs> I feel like I have to say yoga. Um, but go-to workout is – I love doing like a, a yoga warm up and then a mini band circuit. Ooh, um, nice! Love mini bands. I love body weight. Like I, we just travel and we're on the go all the time, and so that's my go to because I always have mini bands with me. Um, I love ankle weights, so honestly, it's pretty minimal weight, and then like some sort of hit circuit. Cir- sorry, some sort of hit circuit, and then I'll do some more yoga and stretching at the end. Go-to coffee order? Venti iced oat milk latte with three packs of honey. Oh, yum. Honey. Oh, I like that idea. Good to know. I'm going to try that. And a book every woman should read. I think everybody should read this, but definitely every woman. Um, There's so many, but I'm going to go with The Right Questions by Debbie Ford. Okay. And I would say read it. I think there is an audiobook, but this is like The Prince Massive. It's a really short book. It's a very easy read, but the actual act of reading it, like I read this while I was going through a very uh, painful transition, painful period of growth um, at the beginning of the year. And another one of those situations, just like trusting your gut and like stepping away from something that wasn't serving me anymore. Mm -hmm. And this book helped me so much. Like, gave me the words, gave me just the trust in myself. Um, and so I think, you know, it's a great book. I, I made a promise to myself to read it, um, at least twice a year. Okay. So I'm about to do it again. Um, but it's so good. Fantastic. Emma, thank you so much. This was really fantastic. Thank you. This was really exciting. This is the first podcast that I've been on to talk about my podcast. Oh, amazing. Well, fantastic. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know you did, make sure to leave us a five-star review and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And I'll talk to everyone next week. Bye, y'all. 
sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.